Good morning and welcome to church. My name is Pastor Quint, and um, I just got to say, I'm so grateful uh, to be in church and, and to, to do this every single week. I, I'm privileged enough to say I've been a part of church my entire life. I'm so grateful I grew up in a home where church was part of our rhythm. I had a couple years there uh, when I was trying to figure things out and, and become a grown-up where I kind of lost my way and Jesus had to find me again, but he was faithful and he did that. And I, I'm so grateful. I, I just cannot imagine life uh, without fellow believers around me helping me journey towards the Father. Like, that's what we're doing here, right? I'm in the right room this morning. We get to come together every single week and journey towards the Father, and we get to do that during the week, and we get to share life together. And I'm just so grateful for God's plan A, which is this thing called the church, okay? People, you, you'll never believe this, but people complain to me about the church sometimes, okay? Things that hurt their feelings or things that this or things that that. And this is what I tell people. Whether you like it or not, we are God's gift to each other to journey towards the Father with, okay? So before we go any further this morning, I want you to look to the person next to you and say, I'm God's gift to you. Oh, no, wait a minute. Wait, I said that backwards. I want you to look at the person next to you and say, you're God's gift to me. Thank you for being God's gift to me. All right, well, at the beginning of the year, Pastor Nicole asked me to develop a series on giving, so that's what we're starting today. A few years ago, I asked Pastor Nicole if I could develop a series on relationships. I have to work really hard to have good relationships. For some people, it comes naturally, but for me, I've had to put a lot of work in, and so I was excited about that, and we called that series, you might not remember this, but I do, we call that series Something New and Different, and I wore a floral print shirt the first day, and the bulletin was like hot pink. And the series was called Something New and Different. So that just memory just sticks out. So today, I just kept it with my typical flannel. I didn't try to go off book. It, we're talking about finances and possessions and giving, so your bulletin has kind of a green hue. We're just keeping it really safe because I didn't want to have another experience like that. But all right, so what we're going to do over the next three weeks is we're actually going to be in Matthew chapter 6. And we're calling this series All These Things. Before you give me credit for creativity, let me just read to you where the title came from. It came right out of the word. In Matthew 6, we read, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Okay? It's my hope and my prayer that over the next three weeks, we can look at this topic of money, of generosity, of our material possessions, and we can gain a more heavenly perspective on all three, all right? In the interest of transparency, I should tell you, I'm just like you. I have too much stuff, okay? In fact, over the last uh, month or so, anytime the sun has been shining, I've been working on this little, I drew up this little uh, blueprint for like a four by 10 shed that I attached to my garage and I placed an order with my friend Jeff and all this stuff comes to my house. And so I've just been kind of hacking my way through this project. I have a motorcycle, we'll talk about that in a minute. I have a project motorcycle which is kind of in pieces in multiple places and I'm just hoping to Jesus that I can figure out how to put all those pieces back together at some point in time. 
I, I walk into my garage and there's like 12 bikes daring me to cross it because my kids all, it just seems like anything with two wheels they're obsessed with. So I'm just like you. I have too much stuff. And so I needed to kind of expand my storage space, you know, a place to put the snowblower in the summer and the kayaks in the winter, something like that, just to like buy myself a little bit of space. So I've been working on that and I have five children and my fourth child, Bennett, is five years old and he is a very eager helper with any chore, almost, I, I am a, a guy who likes it when people produce, but even he tires me out, okay? And so I'm, I'm just kind of hacking this shed together, figuring stuff out, you know, mo half a blueprint, half a, oh, that'll work, that kind of thing, you know? And so Bennett's so eager, I'm shocked he hasn't seriously hurt himself when he runs to get a two by four and trips over the extension cord and you know the, the, the deal, right? And so anyways, I'm working on this one day and I get close to a, to a stopping point and I'm like, well, I just say this out loud, well, it's not half bad for something I'm just hacking together. And Bennett goes, you mean something we're hacking together, right? And I was like, you know what, buddy? If you want to put your name on this with me, you're right. We're hacking this thing together, together, me and you. So, all right. So anyways, I think we know what the world has to say about money, though, right? Like, we've all seen the bumper sticker that says, he who dies with the most toys wins, right? Something like that. And then we've seen the, the follow-up bumper sticker that says, he who dies with the most toys still dies. And uh, there, there's just kind of this, in America today, there is this materialism that's just all around us, right? I mean, I feel like even in the movements of minimalism or going off grid, even that, even becoming more eco-friendly with solar panels and things, no matter what you try to do, it's like you bump up against the realities of money, right? Like that's just part of it. It almost seems like to own less will cost you more. So like what is, what is happening, okay? And I mean, I see people who live off-grid on YouTube, and they're uploading all these videos all the time, and I'm like, right, but you have three GoPros and a drone, and you're charging those devices. I mean, I, so how off-grid are you? But anyways, if money and things and possessions are going to be such a real part of our lives, then I think we need to dig into what Jesus has to say on the subject. He did not leave this subject untouched. In fact, he spoke about it a lot. And while materialism may not have plagued the culture that he was in back then, the principles that he taught then that we have in the word still apply today. So starting off, we're going to look at just five verses today from Matthew 6, verses 19 through 24. Let me read those to you, and then we'll, we'll keep rolling this morning. Verse 19, it says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Interestingly enough, I have a footnote in my Bible. I just want to share this. Verse 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. That word healthy actually implies the word generous. 
If your eyes are generous, okay, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are stingy is what unhealthy implies. So I just thought that was very interesting. It talks about generosity and stinginess, all right? But right out of the gate, the first verse, Jesus is instructing us to live in this completely opposite type of way, which says, do not store up for yourselves treasures or valuables here on earth, okay? Truly, the starting point for this conversation is this. Don't worry about dying with the most toys, okay? Do not make that your priority. I think as Americans, this can be a difficult tension to manage because we have advertisements and cell phones and solicitations and you should buy this and you could buy that and this deal and that and there's just so much all the time. But just because it is difficult does not mean it is impossible, okay? Jesus would not tell us to approach life in a way that was not possible with his strength and with the Holy Spirit's empowerment. Let me say that again. Jesus would not tell us to approach life in a way that was not going to be possible with his strength and the Holy Spirit's empowerment inside of us. Actually, Jesus doesn't just tell us where we should not store up treasures, but he takes it one step further. In, the ver in verse 20, he says, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. So altogether, we have both this directive on what, to, what not to do matched with direct instruction on what we are to do. Okay, we are told, don't do this, but do this. It's very, very clear. So then the question that must be asked is how? How, Jesus, am I to do this? That's fine that it's so clear, and that's fine that with your instruction, I can do this, you say, but how do I do it? I'm glad that you asked. As I was preparing this, uh, a verse popped into my head, 2 Peter 1, 3 through 4. And this is going to be kind of our other text for these next three weeks with this series, okay? But in 2 Peter 1, verse 3 and 4, it says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them, you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. All right, so his divine power has given us everything we're calling this all these things. His divine power has given us everything required for a life of life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. We're going to come back, like I said, over these next couple weeks and unpack verses 3 through 9 as part of it. But I think that this is the, the, the starting point to living counterculture in a materialistic world that's saying, buy this, buy this, do that, save this, is that we have to understand we are being told to prioritize a heavenly-minded life in Matthew 6, and we are being told in 2 Peter 1 that his divine power through salvation, through communion, like we celebrated this morning, has given us everything that we are going to need for this godly life of life and godliness, okay? Let me, let me tell you a couple of stories uh, that that made this stand out to me in a unique way. A, a couple of years ago, 2020, I had a motorcycle crash, okay? As far as motorcycle crashes go, it was very tame, all right? Maybe 10, 12 miles an hour, and I, nobody was hurt. 
I, everything was, was really fine, okay? It was like October, it was raining, it was stupid to even be out on my motorcycle, okay? Let's just start there. I was way out in the Allegheny National Forest, so I had a long ride home uh, in the rain, and it was, like I said, October, end of the season. My friend, I actually have the whole thing on video because my friend behind me was rolling his GoPro. He then crashed, okay? And then we got home, and we put our bikes away, thankful that it was just, you know, of no consequence, really. And then winter happened, and then spring, and then I, 2021, I get my bike out, and I'm just excited for another season, okay? Just excited, ready to go. And then I realized something very quickly. I had the yips. If you don't know what the yips are, okay, I actually looked it up, and here's the definition, according to the internet. The yips is a state of extreme nervousness that causes a golfer to miss an easy putt. All right, it also can apply in dating relationships. The yips are a thing, okay? And so for me, it happened on my motorcycle. I realized I did not like going into right-handed turns anymore because I had literally seen footage of myself doing that and sliding with sparks accompanying me into this, the grass on the side of the road, okay? So I had to really like figure out what, like, what am I gonna do about this? I'm not gonna quit motorcycling. I mean, we know that's not gonna happen, so what are we gonna do, right? And so. I, uh, I talked to some friends, okay, and, you know, got real honest and shared my struggles and things like that and got some advice. I found a YouTube channel where the guy, like, was so basic. Like, he talked to me like I'd never been on a bike. I'd been in, like, seven states and 20,000 miles, okay, but I got talked to, like, this, you got to do this and you got to do this. And this is what I found. What I really needed to do was I needed to relearn the fundamentals, I needed to start at the most basic place all over again, and doubling down on those fundamental skills is what helped me rebuild my confidence and my control, okay? So, uh, another story, just last month, I was out on a motorcycle ride in the Allegheny National Forest, actually, and I could only get one radio station on my, my radio, but it was Pastor Greg Laurie, a pastor out in California, and he was uh, preaching some message. I think it was called, like, How to Bulletproof Your Marriage or something like that. Uh, it, was, it was good. It was just the only thing I could listen to. There's not much reception out there. And so I'm listening to it, and I'll tell you what. Every point he shared was so basic. It was so fundamental. It was nothing I haven't taught myself or wouldn't teach if I was asked to do a marriage series. It was so, so basic. But it was so good. It was so good. And I'm like, yes, yes, I love that, I love that. And this is what stuck, st stuck out to me. Whether it is a recreation you enjoy, whether it is a sport that you love, whether it is uh, your marriage, okay, or whether it is your financial habits and disciplines, we need to build and repeatedly come back to the fundamentals, okay? The most basic fundamental thing is what we need to build on. And that's what we see on display here in Matthew 6 when Jesus says, don't store up for yourself treasures here, but store it up here. That's the most basic teaching. But do we do it? And do we do it week in and week out, okay? So the reality is the Lord tells us where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We need to prioritize this heavenly-minded life, okay? We need to build a heavenly-minded life. I don't want to give away all of my content to this three-week series in week one. I want you to come back next week and the week after. But like I said, we are going to dig into 2 Peter 1, verses 3 through 9. I feel like as I read that, there's just such, and if, you, if you're in a Bible reading mood, 
which we're in church, so you should be in a Bible reading mood, okay? Uh, and we did this, we read Titus last, the last three weeks together, okay? I would encourage you, over the next couple weeks, be reading Matthew 6, be reading 2 Peter 1, 3 through 9, all right? Because these are great uh, things as you come in, hopefully the same things that the Lord is speaking to me and that are sticking out to me will stick out to you, but I would encourage you to do that. What I would like to do, though, right now, is I want to actually welcome up a very special and honored guest. Can we get that microphone? Miss Virginia Edney. She uh, came to me, what was that, a couple months ago, I'd say, and she shared some things with me that I can't wait for her to share with you, okay? And so she was gracious enough and willing to come up and share. So I'm going to let her share a little bit of the journey she and Jesus have been on with finances and with building a heavenly-minded life. And there you go. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. I'm very, very excited to, to tell you the testimony of what God is doing, his faithfulness and his goodness that he has for us. In the middle of October... Uh, one night I couldn't sleep. So I woke up and I put the TV on. Of course, we all know the news on the TV is wonderful and the news was on. So we all know that already. Uh, inflation was the topic. And I said, man, Lord, everything keeps going up. Thank you for being my portion. Thank you for supplying all my needs. And he said, you're right. Everything is going up. Inflation has gone way up. Yet my requirement from you is still only 10%. And I go, wow, that's right, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for that. And he said, don't you think that the things in my home are going up just as well? And I go, oh, really, Lord? I never really thought about that. But you're right. And he, sa he said, increase your giving to 15%. <laughs> Prove me and see if I will not pour out blessings that you cannot contain. I'm going to believe, Lord, and trust you and take you at your word because your words are true. Please help me to be faithful. That's my cry, that we be faithful. I got up out of bed. I wrote out the check for twice as much not twice as much, but a time and a half as much. And I laid it on the dresser. The next day, I went to the mail room where I get, received my mail. And in that mail was a, a card with $100 in it. Now, these things were already in the mail. I did not know this ahead of time. So happy that I didn't. So happy that I wrote the check out before. Because I might have made it easier. Might have made it a little bit easier. In that same mail was a gift card from my insurance company for $100 towards food, groceries, or gas. It's all in the same mail. I, rec I received my monthly uh, electric bill, 20, or, uh, for, and it was $20 less than what it usually is. That's never heard of. <laughs> the next day, I received a coupon from where I was purchasing some furniture and it was for $100 off of the purchase. Well, I thought, I'm going to pursue this, which I did do, to see if I qualify, because I was already in the process of purchasing. And because it wasn't 30 days, I did qualify. 
I got $100 off the purchase. Plus, I got a set of, a four-piece set of mugs for free. And I, I said, God, you just can't outgive God. Just can't outgive God. And um, so praise him, you know, for his goodness. Can't wait to see what he's going to do next. May I be faithful and continue to follow his leading. He is true to his word. Well, here we are in February, the beginning of February, a new year. Everything is going up. My lot rent went up $30. God hasn't missed a beat yet. Then he said, increase again to 20%. I said, okay, Lord, I will keep trusting you and your word. Getting a little more stretched now, though. God does not need our finances, but God is still on the move. God does not need our finances, does not need our money. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. But he wants our obedience that he does require. So, anyway, uh, he promises to supply all our needs. If gas is a dollar a gallon, he's going to give us a dollar. If it's $5 a gallon, he's going to give us $5. Not going to give us $5 a gallon if gas is only a dollar a gallon. Nothing takes him by surprise. So he has everything prepared. He has everything ready for us. He promises to supply every single solitary need. So thankful for his goodness. Can't tell you how thankful I am. These years have proved that. He is our provider. We never have to go without. Things might get stretched, but we never do without. He always gives us what we need. Sometimes we don't need everything that we think we need. We do not give to get, but we get because we give. And I think that's the key right there. When we start giving, we get. And God is so gracious, and he is so good. He gives to us even before we give. And in fact, those things that were in the mail, I had no clue they were in the mail. God tells us to test him. Malachi 3.10, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. My challenge to you today, if I may, is to prove God, test him. He tells us to test him. We're not tempting him when we test him because the board says don't tempt him, but he does tell us to test him. And when we test him, that's what, he, that's what he's thrilled with. So now in times when we are stretched, perhaps a little bit more, and things seem to be a little bit harder to do what he's leading us to do, those are the times that we must look and remember who's our source. And he is definitely our source. <laughs> Lord, help me to be faithful and obedient to your word, thus seeing how your kingdom will grow and prosper, not only in Erie, but throughout the whole world. Amen. And that is our goal. We want to see his church prosper. He has blessed us in America. And when we can help someone 
We never know when it may be our turn. He will have someone to help us. And so we want to praise and thank him this morning. And if I may, if we could have just a short prayer. Father, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the way that you have blessed all of us. There isn't a one of us here this morning, Lord, that came to church hungry, that didn't come from a home where they had a blanket, that had everything that we needed in it, Lord. And we thank you for that. So, Lord, help us not to just have our thinking stop here, but, Lord, that our thinking may be broadened to those, Lord, that need your comfort, that need your care, and you promise, Lord, that you will do that. And we ask you to send your Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in our congregation, Lord, and we just want this church to be a lighthouse. We want your Holy Spirit flowing through us, that, Lord, when others come in contact with us, they will know that there is something different, and that will be your Holy Spirit. We know you've put us up here on the hill, Lord, as a light to lead others to you. And, Lord, may that just be all around Erie, but, Lord, to the uttermost parts of the world. Bless those who are willing to go, Lord, and us that can't help us to give what we can, Lord, because you always multiply, and nothing goes unnoticed by you, Lord. So bless all these. Bless, that, bless Danielle for, Lord, being willing to take this on as, as a ministry, Lord, and to do all the planning. Lord, you are a great organizer, and you like it when things are organized. And we want to be flowing with you, Lord. So we commit ourselves anew to you this morning, Lord. Help us to be faithful. If you lead us in giving, Lord, help us to do that. And Lord, we know that if we have to cut back just a little bit, that you always make it up, Lord. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Great job. Um, when Virginia and I met to go over this, she said, well, the Lord gave me this and this and, and this, but if you, if you want to cut any of it, and I was like, you think I'm going to cut what the Lord told you to share with this church? No, 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 no. And so I said to her, when she told me that, you, you may not know this, and Virginia wouldn't want me to point this out, but the, the seat you're sitting in, She's prayed over and she's cleaned during the week, okay? Because she still comes in and volunteers. She's one of our, our lead volunteers. She comes in and cleans this place and she prays over this place. And so when she was here on a Thursday doing that, she came up to me to share this with me. This was, uh, like she said, back in January or February. And I looked right at her when she got done and I said, you know what I love the most about that story, Virginia? You and Jesus are still doing new things together. You and absolutely. Do you want a fundamental to build your life on this morning? Never stop doing new things with Jesus, okay? Never stop doing new things with Jesus. And if that for you today applies to your financial life, applies to tithing, applies to giving, take the plunge, jump in. And truly find out what he has in store for you. I love her testimony. I love what she shared this morning because it's just such a great reminder. And, you know, this would be my challenge to you. Will you choose to take an inventory, and because of what we're talking about, both literally and spiritually, right? But will you choose to take an inventory of all these things that you have in your life? And will you cut 
where you need to cut? Will you replace things that need to be replaced? Will you build where God is asking you to build? And truly, will you be willing to venture out into new waters with what God is inviting you to do next? Maybe that's through your, your habits, through your behaviors, through worship, through disciplines, but maybe it is through the active obedience of what he instructs all of us to do with finances, okay? It, it can apply anywhere and everywhere. Here's the reality. We are very complex beings. We are multifaceted. We have personalities. We have emotions. We have relationships. We have finances. We have possessions. We have physical limitations. We have physical conditions. We have a lot of things, right, that make up each and every one of us. We are complex beings. But the question is, how much of all of that do we let God into? Like, are, are we keeping God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit kind of like compartmentalized from our finances? Like, I trust you to save my soul, but Jesus, the, the financial part, that hurts, or that, that feels risky, or that feels, okay, are we willing to invite Jesus into every facet of who we are, right? And say, Lord, how can I best worship you? What is the best thing that I can do to glorify you in my relationships, in my worship, in my daily interactions with people, in my finances, in my disciplines, okay? Let's invite Jesus into all of it and see what he will do. The smartest, the wisest, the best thing that you can do is to let him into every area of who you are, okay? And when you let him in to reform, to reshape, to guide, to direct, and to lead you, you will find he already has the plan laid out, right? And why we share testimonies like that is to build our encouragement up because remember from the beginning, we're God's gift to each other. She's God's gift to us this morning as an encouragement and the power of testimony of what God has laid out as plans. We can trust him and he will meet us where we're at. He will meet us where we're at and he will guide us from that place. So here's what I'd like to do. I want to pray to that end this morning. I want to invite you to come back next week and the week after as we look at Matthew 6 and 2 Peter 1. And we're going to continue to look at all these things. Okay, and we're going to ask God, how would you have me to prioritize, 2 Peter 1, all those things to build this godly life, this godly character inside of me? So let me pray this morning. Would you stand and I'll pray as we close this morning. Jesus, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness. And we thank you that you didn't leave this subject untouched. You did not leave this unaddressed. We have clear and specific instructions from you on how we are to conduct ourselves and how we are to invite you in to this part of our lives, Lord. And you knew this would be a big part of the society each and every one of us was born into. So I pray this morning, Lord, that you would help us today and over these next couple weeks to have new eyes to see, to have new ears to hear, and to have new faith to trust what you are inviting us to do. We praise you for your goodness. We thank you for Virginia and for her faithful testimony this morning that encourages each and every one of us. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to see in all new ways through the teaching of your word over these next couple weeks. And we pray all these things in your powerful name, Jesus. Amen. I was wondering, you found me.